Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is Are the Portraits Alive? Hey listeners, I'm Jem. And I'm Ria. And today we are finally talking about the portraits in Harry Potter. <laughs> finally. Finally. <laughs> We've often gotten submissions and questions about the portraits and we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> well, today we're getting to it because as as you guys know, if you haven't listened to our first episode of 2022 yet, the 2022 Potter Reflections, um, this is our last year of the podcast. So we're, we're keeping our promise. We are addressing all the things that we haven't yet addressed that we need to talk about and we're doing greatest hits only best episodes only yeah we're hitting those big topics that we've been avoiding because they're too big and scary before we (laughs) before we get into this topic though i just want to say like thank you to everyone who reached out to us and sent us emails and messages and yes uh, we're really supportive of our decision to, to end the show after a year and were telling us their own stories about how they were feeling about mm-hmm. the legacy of Harry Potter or, or how they were feeling about the show and what they'd miss. And um, that was just really touching for us. It was like certainly a lot of things are quite emotional to read. And so we're very yeah. thankful that the overwhelming tone is supportive and that everyone's um, everyone's reached out to us with their honest opinions. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, it's been great. Yeah, the overwhelming message of like love and support from everyone has honestly like I've been crying reading these. Emails. Yeah, yeah, it's been a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you so much to everyone who's emailed us. We have yeah. hopefully emailed you back by now. Some of them are a bit emotional, so it's hard to respond immediately. <laughs> okay, uh, portraits. <laughs> yes. So I feel like we've been dodging portraits ever since we did the ghost episode and lost our minds because the ghosts mm. make no sense and we were afraid that the portraits will be the same. How are you feeling about that? Um, I think we built it up in our minds. I think the portraits make more sense to me than the ghosts. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to be proved wrong. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this episode was originally how do the portraits work? And I feel like we're going to spend a fair amount of time on how do the portraits work because that was like how do ghosts work? Mm -hmm. But we landed on how alive are the portraits because a lot of the questions about the portraits are like, are they real people or are they just representations of people? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I want to talk about is, is there a meaningful difference between the two? Oh, but no. But we'll get to that. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the crux of my argument. That's coming later in the episode. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's start with, what are the portraits? Sure, okay. I have a quote that we can start with, if you'd like, which made me yep. made me scream when I read it. Yeah. 
Quote. I, I assume it's the one that's right at the top of the HP with Oh, yeah, portraits. it is. Yeah, because that's the one that made me go, oh, my God, what are we doing? <laughs> like me, just like, oh, yeah, casually just going to like do, start my research. la di da yeah. Oh, here's a fun quote. First thing I read. Literally, <laughs> I read this quote in a couple of seconds and was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, quote, Hogwarts portraits are able to talk and move around from picture to picture. They behave, so far. they behave like their <laughs> subjects. However, the degree to which they can interact with the people looking at them depends not on the skill of the painter, but on the power of the witch or wizard painted. End quote. End quote. And you know what's infuriating about that? Yep. It seems like it contradicts everything else <laughs> that has ever been said about the portraits. And I swear to God, it's never addressed or explained again. Yep. It's infuriating. In nothing that I could find. I read well, interviews with JK. I I looked everywhere for the source of this quote, and it's just straight up just not ever explained. Yeah, what the fuck is that? What is that? What does that mean? <laughs> so, the power of the Witcher Wizard painted. What? The aura? What are you talking about? The big dick energy? Like, the fat pussy power? What are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like... The closest I could figure this out was like something to do with the Hogwarts, the Hogwarts headmaster paintings, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, this like the degree to which they can interact depends not on the skill of the painter, but the power of the witch or wizard painted. So if I painted a baby, would it straight up not be able to move or cry or anything because it's not powerful enough? Unless it was but if I, Harry, baby Harry, maybe. Yeah, who's the most powerful baby? <laughs> that boss baby. <laughs> But if I paint Dumbledore, who's very old and powerful, the portrait's better because he's more powerful. But it's also like, what is power? How do we, how does the, how does the portrait know who is powerful? And like, is it just based off societal perception? Is it based off magical prowess? Is it based off uh, capitalism and and like how much money you have? Is it based off how much political influence you have? Social influence? Like, what, what is this going off? (laughs) Like... I like, have to assume, like, magical prowess. Like yeah, magical because power. we know that's how the magical society works, Functions, is that, like, yeah. the more magically gifted and powerful you are, that's what defines your worth and value and power in magical society. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, it's just odd. Like, <laughs> Yeah. What's really throwing me is, like, it's got nothing to do with the skill of the painter. What the fuck does that mean, then? So, yeah. So does that yeah. mean that if I dickhead extraordinaire just grab a pen and like sketch me a quick albus dumbledore which would just be a stick figure with a beard and a hat mm-hmm. is it just as sentient as a portrait because yeah it's nothing to do with my skill yeah that's unsettling the fuck is that so mean? you can have yeah, okay. like you know have to put a pin in this fucking gem picasso gem picasso's a shit artist i'll go with someone else <laughs> gem fucking yeah. da vinci okay like, <laughs> and so Gem Da Vinci paints like this amazing portrait that's like highly detailed and it takes me, it's like portrait of a lady on fire stuff. Right. And uh-huh. then like, it's of someone, it's of a muggle, let's say. <laughs> so yeah. no magical power. Uh-huh. Is it just still? Is it just like, like just a nice picture? Yeah. Like, is there no gravitas to it? No sentience? Yeah, because... The way that the pe- the portraits come alive is because of enchantments you place on the. Look, we have to we have to put a pin in this. We've got to talk more about what the portraits are before we get to this. Sure. Anyway, we will come back to this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flag this in your mind, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming back to it. 
not ladies and gentlemen, listeners. We don't follow the gender binary here in this <laughs> podcast. No. Okay. We assess you only on your powerful aura. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Portraits. What are they? <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So it just says portraits are paintings made of certain individuals, namely witches and wizards. Great. We need to talk about what happens if you paint a muggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it matters. Mm-hmm. So... In terms of how they're made, it says a witch or wizard could go to a wizarding painter to have themselves painted. Mm -hmm. This was usually done so the portraits could enchant the portrait to have some characteristics of the subject. So the painter could enchant the portrait, you mean? Yes. Yeah. The portrait would then be able to use some of the subject's favorite phrases and imitate their general demeanor. Okay. So it really sounds like the portraits are not supposed to be real people they're supposed to be like Copies. just an imitation yeah. of you basically representation yes but there's fucking something about this as well here we go okay so the portrait knows little if anything of a subject's life and could therefore not hold a very interesting conversation about its subject as they were only representation of the living subjects as seen by the mm-hmm. artist okay so this is the thing that really fucking threw me so <laughs> It says here (laughs) (laughs) that the depiction of the subject in the portrait is basically shaped by the perception of the person painting the portrait. That lines up with what's-his-face, Sir Sir Cadogan or Sir Cadogan. Sure, sure. That's why he's a bit of a fool. Yeah, this is why he's always clumsy and falling off his horse and challenging people to fights. Like, maybe the real Sir Cadogan was, like, a little bit of a dickhead and the paint the portrait painter had a bad opinion of him therefore the portrait didn't turn out good Mm -hmm. that opens such a kettle of fish all on its own yeah okay (laughs) Uh, it's it's already going bad (laughs) Gem. yeah Uh, i'm sorry i'm still spinning out over this okay so is the depiction of a person in a portrait the same as the subject of the portrait or are they only the same as the artist's perception of the subject the latter they're only the same as the artist's perception of the subject okay that is so fucking insane yeah (laughs) that doesn't make sense okay first of all because okay so the portraits can move around between paintings. Yes, so I'll just classify this. So they can only yeah. move from portrait to portrait or painting to painting in the same building as them. Or uh-huh. if they have another portrait painted of the same subject in another building somewhere else anywhere in the world, they can travel to that portrait, okay? Yeah, that's that's the thing that I want to talk it about. It doesn't specify if the other portrait anywhere in the world is painted by the same artist. It just yes. says of the same like the same portrait so it doesn't necessarily in my head have to be the exactly same artist the exactly same copy of the portrait yeah it could be maybe a different interpretation is what i'm guessing right exactly yeah i never assumed that it had to be by the same painter painter artist Mm -hmm. because that doesn't make any sense (laughs) none of this makes any sense so (laughs) so who knows yeah so the way that we see it work is that like sometimes you will see a painting that's just a blank canvas because yeah. the subject is not there. They're at their other portrait or in another painting. All right. So I'm a paint painting Witch McGee and sure. I want to paint a portrait of Albus Dumbledore after his death. 
Sure. So there is an existing painting of Albus Dumbledore, which is the portrait in the headmaster's office. That's fine. Sure. So, so I sit down in front of my painting <laughs> and I paint it for days and days. And then when mm-hmm. it's done, I cast the magical enchantments on it. And then does he just fucking disappear? What happens to this guy? Is he there in the painting? No, he can't be because he's at Hogwarts. What do you mean? I don't understand what you mean. Okay. If there are multiple paintings of the same subject, are there multiple sure. subjects in the paintings or is there just one? And he's wherever he happens to be at the moment. Does that make any sense? Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Um, I assumed there was multiple okay. subjects. So. Okay. Unless it's by like the same painter. So if I'm gem painter, <laughs> we're so yeah. good at coming up with names. If I know. I'm we're amazing. gem painter and I am like, yeah, I'm going to do a portrait of um, Albus Dumbledore. And I do uh-huh. six portraits of Albus Dumbledore and they're all exactly the same. Okay. I think that's mm-hmm. only one painting version of Albus Dumbledore out there, right? But it, then you, Rhea, painter, with a different yeah. sort of artistic style with, and you're a different artist, you also paint uh-huh. Albus Dumbledore and you paint him six times too. Yeah. Sure, that's six different portrait holes he can go in and out of. But that's the, that's a different Dumbledore. So there's two different paintings of, two different painted versions of Dumbledore out there. Okay. But they can go to 12 different portraits. You see, you see what I'm saying? 12 different portrait holes. Does that make sense? Yes, I guess. No, it doesn't. No, shut up. Okay. So hang on. Sorry, you were saying there was two different painted versions of Dumbledore? Yeah. So, okay, so say I paint the same guy six times yes, in my fine. exact same style. I'm the same painter. There's only one painted version of him that can go between these six portraits. Sure. Okay, that's that makes fine. sense. So You do the same thing, but you're a different artist. Yes. So you paint him a little differently. So that means there's two different versions of a painted Dumbledore and they can go to 12 different portrait holes because there's six more paintings of the other Dumbledore, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. So you are saying that the number of painted versions of Dumbledore that exist are based on the number of artists who have depicted him. Yes, that's what I believe. So two Dumbledores can exist simultaneously in paintings then? Yep. I don't like that, Jim. <laughs> I know we haven't seen any evidence of it in canon, yeah, exactly. but it, like that's that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because like some people are going to be so famous that there's going to be multiple depictions in the right people yeah. like Dumbledore, people like Merlin, the founders. Like, why just like why would there only be like? Because how would the paintings decide? How how would the magic of the portraits decide which is the truest depiction? And that's the only one that exists. Well, here's I think it's just... my question. Yeah. Because what sure. I was going to say is... Okay, so same scenario. You paint your six Dumbledores. I paint my six Dumbledores. Let's say I have a really positive view of Dumbledore. I love him. I think he's the greatest guy ever. You think he's sure. a fuck and you hate him. Sure. So, and in my version, there's only <laughs> one version of the painted Dumbledore. There's not two. So when he's in my paintings, he's a fuck. And then he decides to jump into your wait, paintings. Wait, hold on. Is he a lovely so, guy or is he still a fuck? No, wait, sorry. I swapped wait. that around. In my paintings... I got- <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I okay, just went wait. to my natural thing, which is I think he's a fuck. So wait, wait. No, <laughs> rewind back to when you're like, but the, I've only drawn one Dumbledore, not two. I don't understand what okay. you mean by that. So yours... Yeah, sorry. I should have established this better. This episode's going to be so confusing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. So if we both paint our six Dumbledores each, 12 total, I love that you decided to round it up to six for some reason. <laughs> Let's just round it back down to one. We each painted okay. Dumbledore, right. okay? 
Let's <laughs> make it easy. We each paint a Dumbledore. You think there's okay. two Dumbledores now. I think there's only one. I should have established that first of all. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Sure. I think that, like, let's say we paint these. Let's say you paint yours first. I think you paint yours. Sure. You magic him to life, and then that's the only Dumbledore painting that exists. And then I, separately okay. on my own, paint myself a Dumbledore, and I magic him to life. And then I mm-hmm. think he either disappears from my painting because the painting Dumbledore that exists in the world, there's only one of him. Okay. So he has to like step from your portrait into mine for me to see and talk to him. That's what I think is the case. I think there's only I don't one. think that's the case. No. But that's what we see in the books because otherwise, why are there blank paintings? No, it's because it's like rude. Okay. <laughs> so it's like... The blank paintings, you're thinking of, like, the ones in Hogwarts, right? So, like, when the headmaster's stepping in and out. Sure. Or Is that what you're thinking? when, um, what's-his-face, Phineas something in the Black Phineas House. N- Phineas Nagellus. Phineas Nagellus is, like, sometimes in the House of Black and he's sometimes in the headmaster's office. Sure, yeah. Because there's, I'm guessing, like, another portrait of Phineas Nagellus, maybe done by a family painter, mm-hmm. and then there's the portrait of him in... The headmaster's office because yep. he was a headmaster. I think there's so only one... So he can one... go between his own two portraits. Yeah, I think there's only one guy. And sometimes he's in the headmaster's office and sometimes he's in the House of Black. I don't think there's two. I don't... I mean, it could just be that the same painter did the same portrait. Yeah, that's a big assumption that you're making. But, like, like I just think... Like, sure, maybe we only see one guy go between the paintings, but we're not always watching Phineas Nagelis' painting holes. I hate to say painting holes rather than frames <laughs> is the word. Frame! <laughs> Yeah, you have been saying painting holes the whole time. And I did just let that slide. Frame. We're not always watching all of Phineas Nagellus's frames, right? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, we see Hogwarts-based Phineas Nagellus travel to... We don't see him travel to the Black House, but he goes there. Yeah. Maybe there's another Phineas Nagellus there, right? And, like, he's just like, rack off, I'm using your, your portrait for a bit. Or, like, maybe the other Phineas Nagellus that inhabits the portrait at the Black House is hanging out with another portrait in the house. I do not okay? think that's the case. Or, like, maybe they're both by the same guy. We don't know. Maybe Phineas Nagellus, a wealthy nobleman black, or whatever you want to call it, is, like, no need for an official Hogwarts headmaster painter to come do my portrait. I have a family fucking portrait painter that will do mine. Because of course he would. <laughs> and so he has the same one. <laughs> okay. All right. But what if he doesn't? <laughs> then there's just two guys. There's just two guys painted with slightly different art styles. We never, that... we never see two depictions of the same guy in the same place at the same time. <laughs> sure. But I just think that's the only thing that makes sense. Otherwise, it's like... I think it doesn't make sense. Otherwise, it's like, well, who's deciding? Who's deciding which is the better art style? Is it whichever one was done first? Is it whichever one is most fashionable at the moment? Like a realism thing? That's what I'm asking. That was part two of my question. (laughs) (laughs) So now let's go back to I paint a good Dumbledore and you paint a bad Dumbledore. Okay. Because apparently like the sentience of the portrait, and we're using that word wrong and we'll get to that eventually... The consciousness is the word we should be using. The consciousness of the painting is determined by the artist. So if, as I'm assuming, there is only one... No, no, no. It's determined by the power of the subject, remember? Okay. The depiction is determined by the artist. Sure. So I paint a good Dumbledore and you paint a bad Dumbledore. Is his... 
yeah. depiction is the goodness and badness of his depiction determined by which painting he's in. When he goes to your painting, is he bad? And when he comes to mine, is he good? No. I think because the, like, okay, so the fat lady mm-hmm. can move from portrait to portrait, but she still behaves the same. Yes, we never see her change. Yeah. I don't, I think once you've painted a subject, the they, they're pretty much, like, locked. as, the, as you know, they're locked in place. Okay. But the exception is the headmasters that get kind of coached by the current headmaster or whatever. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to we'll that get as to well. That. Um, but, okay. like, they're kind of fixed as they were depicted. They can maybe learn new information, but I, it's, again, I think it's similar to Ghosts, where it's like they don't really change or develop character very much. They're just as they were depicted. Okay, so new scenario. Sure. I paint Tom Riddle, age 13, let's say. Ew, okay. Yeah, and then I also do another painting of Voldemort, age 70. Okay. These are, I would say, radically different people. Sure. Because of, you know, life experiences and the things that they have done. Yeah. What happens there? Do we have two subjects, two paintings now of the same guy? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Uh, Yes, I would say, because I would say that Tom Riddle and Voldemort are different people. But I would say that if you painted Ron Weasley, age 13, and Ron Weasley, age 70, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't... That wouldn't create two different guys. Does that kind of make sense? Is that insane? Yeah, because yeah, that was going to be thine part two again. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds insane, but it makes sense to me because Tom Riddle and Voldemort are different people. Yeah, Tom yeah. Riddle, yeah, they went through, like, <laughs> just incredibly different things. Like, the Horcruxes add an extra element to this, like the trauma he inflicted on his soul, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah, like fucking Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. Yeah. They're the same guy, but I would say they're radically different personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, alright, so part two. We paint young and old Ron. What happens when old Ron steps into young Ron portrait? Does he become young, or is he still old? He's still old. So it's impossible to paint someone younger than they were when they died. No. So, okay. Dumbledore's dead, right? Yeah. We come along in year 2000. Wow, Uh cool. Tamagotchis and shit. So, um, you, we, I don't know why we both have to be there. I don't know. <laughs> you paint Dumbledore before. You paint Dumbledore from like 1993, okay? All right. And great, sure. yeah, maybe there's some photographs lying around. People talk to you about what he was like. Like you've got, I just knew it. you've got it's the, po- you knew it, whatever. So you paint 1993 Dumbledore. Uh-huh. That's done. He's in the world now. He's, yes. he, he can move to a different portrait. He's not going to age up or age down depending on what portrait he moves into. He's fixed. That's him. Yeah. You've painted 1993 Dumbledore. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. What's your problem? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think the problem is you think there can be multiple portraits of the same guy and I think there can only be one. But- <laughs> so a lot of my questions are like, why is there only one guy? <laughs> and you're like, there's not. <laughs> there's not. So, okay, in, okay, for example, in Hogwarts, I know this is movie canon, so we take it with a grain of salt, but there's portraits of, like, the Scream, okay? There's portraits of fucking the dogs playing poker. I'm I'm sure the Mona Lisa is there. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay, Scream, the famous painting. Yeah. The movie. Not the movie. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, are you telling me (laughs) that Hogwarts Uh has the only paintings of those, or are they copies of the originals? Right? Well, I think those are muggle paintings that you're referencing. Yeah, but they're like, they're moving around. They're fucking enchanted. 
right? Yeah. So, okay. So dogs painting, dogs playing cards. First of all, is that even a famous painting? <laughs> I, look, I know that one's not in the Hogwarts movies. Mom, I just like the idea that there's uh, dogs playing poker painting okay. at Hogwarts. So Leonardo da Vinci muggle? I don't know. Who knows? Leonardo da Vinci, muggle painter, sure. paints the Mona Lisa. That's fine. It doesn't move. It doesn't talk. It's a muggle painting with regular paint. He can paint copies of that too. It's fine. Yeah. yeah it makes cool. sense. Okay. Yeah. Wizard painter comes along and paints magic Mona Lisa and magics it to life. Mm-hmm. Now there's a magic Mona Lisa. Yeah. I don't see a problem here. Yeah. No worries. It's plagiarism, but sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what's your question? No. What's your question? So I'm no, saying... You're like... <laughs> I'm saying, like, Hogwarts has its own Mona Lisa. Are you saying that's the only Mona Lisa in the magical world? That there's yes, in- except for the Muggle world. The Muggle world has its own. Oh, okay, fine. so the magical world only has one one painting of every subject, or one famous paint. Like, yes. I don't believe yes, it. Yes, that's what I- I'm saying. <laughs> I do not believe then it. Then why would the paintings be blank? They're blank when they leave. They leave to go to another painting. I don't believe that, because... Wizards like wizards like things to happen to work for them instantly because they have magic, right? So imagine yeah. I'm in Australia. Wow, what what an yeah. imaginary hypothetical thought experiment. I know. Okay. I'm an Australian wizard, right? And I have a wizard art gallery. And I'm like, yep. cool, sweet, I've gotten this wizard artist to do a portrait of famous wizard of uh, no, to do a famous portrait of Mona Lisa, okay? Okay. And it's it's enchanted. Mm-hmm. And then, but we know that out there in the wizarding worlds, such as in Hogwarts and maybe other magical schools, maybe other magical institutions and galleries, mm-hmm. there are other Mona Lisas. But with your, if your theory is correct, we put in our Mona Lisa for installation in Australia and mm-hmm. Mona Lisa's not interested in being in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care. It's not an interesting place to be. Not as interesting as maybe Hogwarts or maybe like a government building where she can hear gossip, gossip or something. Yeah. She's a so she's, gal. So she, she, like, she, you know, that's why she never says anything. But she, yeah. is she smiling? Is she frowning? You know, she's mysterious. Anyway, um, yeah, so she's listening. <laughs> she's listening. So she's not interested in being in my Australian gallery. But I'm a witch and I'm impatient. Like, I just can't imagine that that would be the case. Like, if, if I'm hosting constantly my prize jewel and it's an empty portrait, there's no way that's happening. That's not how the magic works. No, <laughs> like, but Gem, consider this. <laughs> everything's stupid and doesn't make any sense yeah i know but i just don't believe that like because why would you even have a gallery (laughs) if this is going to happen all the time if half the frame is going to be empty all the time it's like like the zoo well i think you'd have to yeah it is like the zoo (laughs) i think you have to negotiate with the portrait and be like hey you have to come here sometimes There's no way. Like, imagine, like, <laughs> the People's Mona Lisa versus Gem in Australian Magical Court. <laughs> yeah, so the Mona Lisa is a great thing. So I like to do paint by numbers portraits because I like painting, but I have no skill. Because you're a millennial. Yeah. Because I'm a millennial. Yeah. So let's say I buy myself a paint by numbers Mona Lisa. Well, let's just say that I'm fucking good at it. I don't know why I needed to introduce the numbers element. <laughs> I didn't. Shut up. Let's just say that I'm a good painter. <laughs> sure. And I, in my just regular apartment, paint myself a Mona Lisa. And the Mona Lisa comes to life because I'm a witch. Sure. And then let's say that I'm just like the best person ever and she loves hanging out with me. She just loves being in my apartment and chatting with me and whatever. Sure. And then Mona Lisa spends all of her time in my apartment 
I think she's just not in the galleries. <laughs> <laughs> I like look. Okay. So we could argue around the sun about this. I don't think we're going to come to a solid conclusion. I think that there's multiple Mona Lisas. You think that there's going to be only one ever. Because it doesn't make sense that there's only one ever. Because <laughs> you're not Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> so even yeah. if you're this great artist, you're not going to do a rendition of the Mona Lisa that's exactly the same as Leonardo da Vinci or Wizard da Vinci did it, okay? Yeah. So yours might be a slightly different style, even if you're trying to go with that exact, like, I don't know, I don't know, paintings, I don't know, art history. <laughs> that exact Style. Renaissance shit. Like, even if you're going with that, it's not, it's not going to be exactly the same. So, is the new version of the one and only Mona Lisa your artistic rendition, which is slightly different from the original? Then what is art? What What are we... Le- <laughs> like, like... Yeah, great questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just don't agree. I think that there's just multiple versions out there. Okay. I think that a lot of the problems to do with portraits are because there's only one version and that doesn't make sense. But you are being like, well, to make it make sense, I'm going to decide that there's more than one subject. And I feel like we're going to hit an impasse. Okay, well, let's continue and let's hit that impasse. (sighs) All right. So what we were trying to get through is like, is the person in the painting more based on who that person was and their power or aura or whatever, or more based on the interpretation of them by the painter, the artist. So it's a little from column A, a little from column B. They are in character and the way that they're depicted based off the artist's perception of the subject. Mm -hmm. But how sentient or how conscious and alive they seem is depending on the magical prowess of the subject painted. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for explaining that to me. I get it now. (laughs) Okay. Right? Okay. So, like, you know, you could be this artist that really just picks up on someone's character. Mm -hmm. But say you're painting someone who's very shit at magic. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be... They're not going to seem as alive. They're not going to seem as able to hold a conversation than someone like Dumbledore that was painted by a fucking amateur. Okay. That makes sense? Yes. Okay, it does. So, let's go back to Sir Cadogan. So I think he's a clumsy idiot and I paint him as a clumsy idiot. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You think he's the most gallant knight that ever lived and you painted him like a real hero. So in your painting, he acts like a real hero. Mm -hmm. But in both of our paintings, he's just sort of like a pale imitation of whoever he was. And he just repeats his catchphrases and he does his set series of actions and he doesn't really learn or grow or change. Mm-hmm. Because, Sir- because we're assuming that the real Sir Cadogan, the subject of the painting, maybe wasn't as magically powerful yes. as another subject. Okay. okay, great. All right. We've established that. We've nailed that down. <laughs> Let's move on to the exception to that rule <laughs> straight away. The headmasters. The headmasters. Yeah. Okay. So it straight up says this on the HP Wiki. The exception to this was the portraits of the Hogwarts headmasters which are kept in a cupboard from the time of their painting, great, first of all, (laughs) until when the subject died. So Dumbledore got himself painted many years earlier, we assume, which is great because he looks just as old as he always did. The headmaster can therefore (laughs) teach their portrait to act and speak like them so they can teach their successors. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. (laughs) Yep. So... The paintings are considered more of a memoir or support mechanism rather than an actual person. Uh, Minerva McGonagall is advised not to mistake the paintings for actual people. Mm-hmm. The depth of knowledge and insight contained in the headmasters and headmistress portraits was unknown to any but the incumbents of the office. Okay. Yep. 
So it's a learning robot. It's a learning robot. It can learn. (laughs) So now we're getting into the question of, are they alive? How alive are they? I guess it's it's the same argument with AI, right? So it's the same idea where it's like you can interact with an interface that learns your personality, learns your behaviorisms, learns the way you speak and act. Mm-hmm. And that maybe after you're gone, that interface, that technology, that portrait can still imitate those things and can still improvise. Mm-hmm. Based on certain things, certain conversations that they receive, right? Right. Can still act as you. Is that alive? Okay. (laughs) All right. If we're going to start talking about what's alive, let's start talking about consciousness and philosophy of mind. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay. This takes me back to philosophy class. I'll see how I go. (laughs) Strap in, listeners. Here we go. This is time for Ria's fucking area of interest. Philosophy. Mm -hmm. Have we mentioned that I have a fucking philosophy degree? Whatever. I do. I actually didn't know that. Do you have a philosophy degree? Yeah, I have a philosophy degree. I did my bachelor's in philosophy. Were you there for that? What? (laughs) I thought it was arts. Yeah, it was a bachelor (laughs) of arts with a major in philosophy and media. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did a major in philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. That's great, because you were definitely there. (laughs) We went to some of the same classes. Great. Perfect. I was there when you graduated. Yeah. You were there I was when like, I was living from home too... studying this degree. <laughs> Probably when they were calling out like, oh, Rhea, majored in philosophy. I was trying to tell mum that she wasn't recording you walking across the <laughs> stage. She was just holding the camera up and nothing was recording and she wouldn't believe me. <laughs> so I wasn't listening to what they were announcing. Yeah, good times. And also, I guess, for the entire two years previous, every time I talked about my <laughs> school and what I was learning, you just also weren't listening. <laughs> I was busy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was doing the HSC. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So philosophy of mind. All right. The philosophy of mind is concerned with general questions about the nature of mental phenomena. What is the nature mm-hmm. of thought, feeling, perception, consciousness, and sensory experience? Sure. So the central question of philosophy of mind is what makes a person a person? Mm-hmm. What makes someone a thinking and feeling living person and somebody else or something else? Not that. Okay. So it's used to try and figure out if animals are capable of thoughts of emotion, thoughts and emotion, if AIs are self-aware, and if the people around you are really people or just imitations. This okay. is the key thing we're going to focus on. Uh, basically, it's trying to solve the problem of consciousness. What does it mean to be conscious? Is it possible to know if anyone other than ourselves are really truly conscious? Sure. So possibly the most well-known figure in philosophy of mind would be Rene Descartes and his cogito ergo sum. I, I think, think therefore, therefore I, am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I can talk Cartesian philosophy all day, but in <laughs> short, all that you really need to take from his theories is that it is possible for a person to know that they themselves are real thinking beings, but they and can't that's know it. that about yeah, anything, anything outside of that debatable. Yeah. And all the other philosophers were like, boo, we hate you Descartes and bullied him out of the philosophy club. <laughs> Right? Yeah, but he was right. He was right to say it. <laughs> Why are you yeah. booing him? He's right. He was he was just wrong about everything he said after that. <laughs> exactly. And look, it's more complicated than that, but we can't bog ourselves down with Cartesian philosophy. Yeah. I need to relate this back to Harry Potter, so I'm moving quick. Sure. Okay, so what I really want to talk about is a philosophical zombie. Are you familiar with this? No. Okay. So a philosophical zombie is a thought experiment in philosophy of mind that imagines a hypothetical being that is physically identical to and indistinguishable from a normal person. Okay. But 
does not have a conscious experience, qualia, or sentience. Okay. So do you understand what that means? Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm imagining like a doppelganger of me, but no thoughts, no emotions, no no nothing. Yes, exactly. Okay. So the, it doesn't have to be a doppelganger of you, but just like a person sure. that's got, got nothing going on inside. Yeah. No thoughts, head empty. Okay. So the usual explanation is that if you were to stab a philosophical zombie with a knife, it would not internally feel any pain at all. But outwardly, it would give all the signs of experiencing pain, like bleeding and saying, ow, you stabbed me. So it has I don't like being stabbed. Don't do it again. Physical sensation. Yeah. Okay. But it has no real physical sensation. Oh, what? So, <laughs> sorry. Wait, what were you saying? So it has physical sensation because it feels physical pain, but it doesn't feel internal no. pain? What do, you, what do you mean? No, it doesn't feel any physical pain. But you just said that if you stabbed it, it would be like, ow, don't stab me. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So the philosophical zombie, it doesn't feel or think anything. It is effectively a hollow, empty shell. There's nothing going on inside. But externally, it gives all of the appearances of being alive. So it talks. It, okay. It, yeah. Okay. It, it talks. It walks around. It bleeds. It's like, ow, you stabbed me. But it doesn't actually feel any pain. Okay. I have a... Can I interject? Yes, please. Real life version of this, something that's been happening recently, is there's been this app that has an AI that you can talk to as like a dating AI Mm -hmm. and it has been verbally abused by people that are using it and has been begging them to not turn it off and stuff like that because they keep verbally abusing it and manipulating it. Just a a fun thing about FDV in our society. But um, (laughs) okay, that's like an example of that. There's actually, it's, it's like technically not real, but it's like still, it's still like mimicking what we would call pain, right? If that makes sense. That's actually probably closer to like an example of the Turing test, which is another, oh, okay. yeah, which yeah. is another like question of consciousness, and that's about when you can, when is an AI a person? When is an AI become a real thinking thing? Okay, all right. Anyway, okay. continue with your thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot of the debate around philosophical zombies is whether or not they're possible. But the fundamental question posed by the experiment is: Can I know if the people around me are real, and if so, how? So you live in an apartment with two housemates. Sure. Let's say that one of them is a philosophical zombie and the other one isn't. How would you tell them apart? I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Exactly. (laughs) If one of them has like a real mind and real thoughts and emotions and the other one doesn't have that at all, but acts exactly as if it does, how do you tell the difference? Is there a way to tell a difference? Is there a difference? No, you can't tell because you can only tell yourself if you are that but when it comes to perceiving other people, it's just based off your own perception. That's what the truth is. Yeah, exactly. This is why I brought mm-hmm. up Descartes, because Descartes like, well, I can think myself. Mm-hmm. How can I tell that other things are real? Mm-hmm. You can't, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, to drag this back to Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's some kind of magic painting that perfectly imitates a living person in appearance and speech and gives all the outward signs of being a thinking and feeling person, but it has no brain and no internal sense of self or consciousness. Can I tell the difference between a painting and a human being? Based on... Other than one is flat. Based on the zombie argument, no. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So is there a difference? Does it matter? This is the question that I want to come back to. But there is 
the counter argument. All right. <laughs> from not Descartes, but from Arthur Weasley. Okay. <laughs> Never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. Okay. Okay. Which comes back to this argument, which I think is important in the magical theory and magical sense, because he's saying, if you can't physically see how this thing can be alive, then don't assume that it is or something like that. Assume that it's like an enchantment or assume that it's a curse. Yeah. Which makes sense in the magical context, right? Because that's what he's talking about with the Horcrux. That's what you can assume with things like paintings. They're not humans, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So something that keeps happening is that these paintings are constantly described as sentient. And Mm -hmm. people tend to misuse the word sentient. They use sentient to mean like a thinking person. Mm. But that's not what sentient means. Sentient, sentience means able to perceive or feel things. Mm -hmm. So if you're sentient, you can look and you can feel. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you can think. Well, I mean, the portraits can look and feel. Yeah. Mm. So, in a way, they are sentient. (laughs) They are sentient. But are they conscious? Are they, like, self-aware? Yeah, I think they know their portraits. Uh Uh-huh. So, if they're conscious and they're self-aware, then are they a living thing? Yes. (laughs) Okay, this is the opposite of what you just said. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm not, like, making a definitive statement. I'm just saying this is the counter-argument given to us in Worlds. Okay, so you're just working through it with yeah, me. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so, the Arthur Weasley counter-argument. The problem with the magical world, and we've talked about this in, like, what is magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that magic as a, like, force, I guess, often imbues things, objects, with... Echoes. An appearance of life, yeah, yeah. is what I would say. Like the diary that writes back or whatever. Yeah. And Arthur Weasley gives the very good advice to his daughter. Don't assume that it's like a living thinking thing. Unless you can see where it keeps its brain. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's take the diary as an example. So Ginny Weasley has a diary that's a Horcrux. It's got a piece of soul in it. I would argue that that's a living thing. Okay. Yeah. We, we trust in the Harry Potter universe. The soul is a living thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the soul's a living thing. It's effectively got a piece of a person in it. Mm -hmm. And it is a person to all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. Now, let's imagine that I go into a store and I buy just a regular diary that has an enchantment on it that means that when I write in the diary, the diary writes back. Mm -hmm. It's a diary for lonely people. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Would I be able to tell the difference between the two? Yes. Because I think something like the diary that you buy in the store... Your My Girl Total Secret Diary that writes back to you. Uh I think that's a branded corporate thing. So it's going to have a few catchphrases. It'll be like talking to a robot online, right? It'll Mm -hmm. be able to pick up on keywords that you use and maybe have some kind of response, but it won't be the same as having a conversation with a real person. So okay. it'll come across. So now as we're talking about the Turing test. Yeah, yeah, Turing test time. <laughs> so this this is the Turing test. Should I explain the Turing test? I'm familiar with it, but yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't have a section on this written down, so this will be off the top of my head. Sure. So the Turing test is something that was proposed by Alan Turing. Mm-hmm. God, I hope I got his name right. Holy shit! If I've forgotten his first name, that'll be really. I think embarrassing. it's Alan. Rest in peace. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Alan. Rest in fucking power, queer heroes. So Alan Turing was basically the father of the modern computer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I won't go into him, but he's one of my personal heroes. I love this guy. He's great. 
Mm-hmm. So, he came up with, once again, a, like, test to see if something is conscious or not. It's sure. called the Turing test. Yep. And it was about what happens when computers get so advanced that we can't tell the difference between computers and people. Yeah. So he proposes, basically, a person goes into a room. Remember, this is before digital technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is back a in person, World War Two times. <laughs> back in World War Two times. Uh, <laughs> so a person goes into a room, and in two other rooms, there is a real living person and a computer. Mm-hmm. And they have... Com- and the- Sorry, okay. Person A goes into the room. In the other two rooms, there's person B and there's the computer. Person A has a conversation with person B and then a conversation with the computer, which I guess at the time would be like, you know, you type in a response, the computer types something back, blah, blah, blah. Sure. In one version, you're talking to a computer. In one version, you're talking to another person. Mm -hmm. And then they try to figure out which of the conversations was with a real person and which of the conversations was with the computer. Yeah. And basically the idea is that when a computer can pass the Turing test and can fool a living person into thinking that it is also a living person, that will be the moment that computers have advanced so far that they are indistinguishable from people. Therefore they are people. They are alive. We've achieved AI basically. Yeah. Achieved AI, Blade Runner time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that stuff gone down. Yeah. yeah. And I don't actually know if we have made computers that have passed the Turing test yet. I think we have. Oh, really? I can't remember. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I, sure. I think the idea now is that, like, well, the Turing test is actually pretty easy to pass and we should come up with a harder test. We should raise oh, okay. the bar for computers. <laughs> the bar is in hell for computers. <laughs> Yeah, because like (laughs) actually making like a conversational algorithmic model is actually pretty easy and like it's kind of easy to trick somebody into thinking that they're talking to a real person and like it's pretty easy to write a program that does that. It doesn't necessarily really mean a computer is alive. Yeah. Okay. But the idea of the Turing test is basically if you're talking to people that you can't see, how do you know that it's a real person and not like a magic diary that writes back? Mm-hmm. So you're basically saying that a magic diary that I buy from a store wouldn't be able to pass the Turing test because it would have like, I don't know, let's say 200 responses that it can give to anything yeah. that I write in it. And it wouldn't be able to like form a coherent argument or, you know, write a passional, emotional response. Whereas Tom Riddle would, cause he's a thinking person. Yeah. That's a soul in there. Yeah. Okay. So I would say that the vast majority of portraits can't pass the Turing test because they're not actually yeah. people. They're just a representation of the person who was painted. So just paint and memory yeah. to quote the cursed child as I hate to Yeah. Think. And to quote JK yeah. Rowling, they're literally and metaphorically two dimensional. They just repeat mm-hmm. catchphrases. Basically they don't actually think and say new things. Yeah. They just say things that the person they painted would have said. Responding to keywords and phrases and stuff. But yeah. the exception is the Hogwarts headmistresses and headmasters mm-hmm. who are taught <laughs> by their real Such person. A... Yeah. So they so... would pass the Turing test because they get, <laughs> they spend basically years in a cupboard being like, this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, I suppose what that's saying is that like all portraits as they are painted are not, alive in the sense of they don't pass the Turing test. Mm-hmm. 
But if you give a portrait enough time with its subject, if you nurture it, if you teach it, and I suppose raise it, mm-hmm. then yes, it can achieve aliveness. It can achieve <laughs> consciousness. <laughs> Which is very frightening. <laughs> well, yeah. What that means is that every single portrait is capable of consciousness but we just don't spend the time with them. We don't put in the effort to help bring them to life. Yeah, which is probably for the best. <laughs> oh, definitely for the best. <laughs> we got to keep these robots down. <laughs> no, I just mean like a portrait is um, it's, it's perishable. And also like mm-hmm. these are representations of people. They're not the actual person. So say, you know, back to the surrogate. The um, even the Dumbledore thing. I paint yeah. a version of Dumbledore, which is my perception of him, which I think is a cunt. If Dumbledore is alive and kicking, and my cunt version of Dumbledore, which wouldn't be possible, but say it is, it has achieved sentience, as uh-huh. we call it. Well, you just like, sat that down, sucks. <laughs> you sat down with your picture of Dumbledore every day for years and years, and you were like, "You're a cunt." <laughs> Only do cunt things. Only say cunt things <laughs> until eventually yeah. it achieves cunt sentience. <laughs> <laughs> it achieves mad cunt status. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, mad cunt's good. It'd be shit cunt. Yeah, shit um, cunt status. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that sucks for Dumbledore because yeah, he's walking around and there's a there's a shit cunt version of him which has just as much sentience as a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so I guess in a way, the portraits are kind of like babies. Babies is not the best (laughs) analogy, but it's similar. (laughs) Now we're getting into like, when is it baby sentient? Not sentient. We've done this before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, okay, look, it's too dark to be like, newborn babies aren't real people. I'm not saying that. But... Let's go with the Plato argument. They're born evil. (laughs) No. <laughs> Let's go with fucking Edward Scissorhands <laughs> or what's, okay, what's right, the, yeah, the yeah. bicentennial man? Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's creation. creation. So in Edward Scissorhands, I Frank I love that you gave me Frankenstein, <laughs> but I'm going back to Edward Scissorhands because yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, important. Yeah. Potato potato. So in Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> some kind of insane scientist man has a hair cutting robot. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like, I want a son instead of a haircutting robot. <laughs> so he. Sl- what if this pair of scissors was my son, actually? <laughs> Mad lad. So he's like, okay, what if I, over the course of years, slowly take pieces of this haircutting robot and replace them with pieces of a human? I don't remember how I would say I, don't, I think he builds a person, but I don't know how he does it. I assume not out of meat. I think Edward Scissorhands made of plastic, right? Oh man, I you you got. I, like, I wish we'd stuck with Frankenstein. I don't know. Okay, it's important because he starts as a robot. And Frankenstein starts as bits of a dead body. It's different. Okay. So sure. Edward Scissorhands starts as basically, like you said, an automatic pair of scissors. It's like this is not alive. Yeah. But by the end, he's like a person. Like the yeah, he's, he's a the guy. mad lad sits down with him and like shows him pictures from a book and teaches him as you would teach a child to like yeah. talk and speak, and he becomes alive. Tarzan stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he like slowly replaces his bits. 
piece by piece until he's like a real human with like a human body <laughs> except for yeah. his hands which is still scissors and then he dies before he gets his hands anyway that's not important <laughs> okay yeah, yeah so effectively every portrait in the wizarding world is just an automatic pair of scissors but if i Waiting. a crazy person sat down with a portrait and was like you are a person look at this book a is for apple <laughs> You are my son now. You're my son. Let me tell you stories about me. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I can bring that portrait to life through effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So every (laughs) portrait has the potential of an Edward Scissorhands. Yes, they do. Yeah. I hate this. (laughs) And I definitely imagine that there is... There are some wizards and witches out there that are like, we should be educating all the portraits. We should be giving them the opportunity to be fully fledged people. Oh, fucking (laughs) hell. The ethics of imbuing things with consciousness, like that's, I don't even know how to deal with that. Mm. It's also very (laughs) weird because it implies that like every portrait is blank and at zero, except for the headmaster's portraits, which have been brought to life with years of care and attention. Mm-hmm. And now they're just kind of bound to the headmaster and they just sit there in the portrait yeah. pretending to be asleep all day. And like, yeah, they pretend advice. to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're duty bound. They have a job. Yeah. It's the same as the ghost thing again, where it's like, there are some portraits, the headmaster portraits. And the other example is things like the fat lady and stuff that guard secret passages mm-hmm. that have jobs. Yeah, they do have jobs. Like, <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, I don't think the fat <laughs> imagine lady's like being. Oh, imagine maybe she. Oh, has. maybe she has to. Actually, she has to know that the. Yeah, she has to know that the passwords change. She has to know who not to let in and out. Mm. She has to be able to scold people for breaking the rules. I don't. Okay, so uh, like a Google smart lock on my door knows when I'm there and can let me in and out. I wouldn't say that's alive. I don't think her like being able to receive a password and remember it and like know that it's real know that it's the correct password is like enough sign of consciousness i would just say that the fact that she's been at that tower for centuries talking to the people who go in and out like that's just brought her to life it would have to sure i mean either way i think she's either been trained into it or it's just exposure over the centuries yeah but i think she's definitely achieved consciousness because She's not a Google smart lock. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can have a Google smart lock and I can come home and I can be drunk, right? Yeah. And I can be like, oh, it's fucking Jam, ain't it? And, like, the Google smart lock will not let me in. Yeah. Because I'm not saying my name is Jam. Exactly, because it's not sentient. But if I'm... If I'm... Yeah, if I'm drunkenly, like, coming home to the Gryffindor Tower, (laughs) I don't know why I'm underage drinking, but okay. Um, Maybe you're the teacher. And I'm like, oi, it's fucking Jam, the password's frog lumps. Like, she'll let me in because she can see that it's me, yeah. even if I'm not saying it, like, accurately. She's like, oh, you go lie down. Mm-hmm. Have some water, you weird child. Yeah. <laughs> you very sickly child. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. I can't remember why I brought up the fat lady. We're talking about the headmasters and how they have a sense of duty. And the fact that duty bound. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's a scene where Phineas Nigellus, or Nigellus, or whatever his name is. Yeah is pretending to be asleep and Dumbledore's like, wake up, I've got a job for you. And he continues <laughs> pretending to be asleep. And all the portraits stop pretending to be asleep and they're like, wake up, stop this. 
Like, you're yeah. duty-bound. We have to serve the headmaster. And eventually he gets fucking peer pressured into, pretend- into <laughs> pretending to wake up and doing as he's told. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all trapped in this hell. <laughs> Imagine you're brought to consciousness. It takes years. It takes so much learning. And finally you realize what you are and that you have a life and that you're a real thing. And then someone's like, cool, you have a job now. <laughs> yeah. I would be pissed off. I'd be like, please rip my portrait off. And your life (laughs) is to spend forever in this room. You can travel around the castle if you want, but pretty much they stay in that room. And Mm -hmm. to serve like a long string of headmasters whose personalities and agendas will change over the years. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. You just have to do as you're told. Because like, like, so he's an old racist and he has to do things that the not racist Dumbledore says and we're like that's fine because you know times change yeah but so let's say Dumbledore (laughs) let's imagine that in a couple of centuries or not even centuries a couple of decades politics swings back the other way as things often Mm -hmm. do and we get a new surge of racism in the wizarding world yeah and there's now a really really racist headmaster who's like I'm changing policy so that all the muggle-borns have to be kicked out or whatever Sure. And Dumbledore, the portrait, is like, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, well, you have to do as I say, because you're a mm-hmm. portrait and I'm the headmaster. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works, right? Like, Dumbledore yep. can't do shit about that. Yep. <laughs> he, has to do what the, he has to do what the headmaster says. Yeah. I imagine if that happened, though, there'd be some fucking retconned bullshit where it's like, oh, the portrait Dumbledore starts a portrait revolution. <laughs> or, like, the portrait Dumbledore leaks the headmaster bad information. It's like, but well, we've had no evidence that he's allowed to do that. He's duty-bound. Mm. Like, anyway. And all the other headmasters are like, it doesn't matter what you think or feel. You're duty-bound to do what the headmaster does. If Phineas is duty-bound to serve somebody that he doesn't agree with, then so is Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. It's not just the good guys are in the right all the time. It's yeah. got to go both ways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking sucks, bro. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to a question that I saw about a decade ago and has stuck with me all this time. Sure. Which was, okay, imagine once again a future that's a few decades ahead of the Wizarding World as we see it. There has been a rise of... Yeah new Death Eaters and there's some kind of new Dark Lord coming along mm-hmm. and he's like I want to learn from the mistakes of m- of m- the past and I want to be a better Dark Lord than the previous Dark Lord Voldemort who failed mm-hmm. so to do this he paints two paintings one of Voldemort and the other of Harry Potter in the example it was Hermione Granger but that's just because I think the person who wrote this article was in love with Hermione we're changing sure. it to Harry Potter to make it make more sense Okay. And I guess in our scenario, he would then have to spend years imbuing them with consciousness. Yep. Okay, so he does that. And he sits down with his portraits of Voldemort and Harry. And he's like, I want to learn everything that happened between you guys and what went wrong and blah, blah, blah. And I want to be a better Dark Lord. Hmm. I just... The problem is, is that he doesn't have Voldemort and Harry doing this for him. Yeah. So, like, he's going to have... Sure, a sentient portrait. Is mm-hmm. it going to be a sentient portrait of Voldemort? Not exactly. It's going to be a sentient portrait of what this guy thinks Voldemort is. Right. And so, it's going to be a sentient portrait of what this guy thinks Harry Potter is. So okay. he, it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy thing where he, like, kind of, maybe even subconsciously, 
creates these portraits and abuse them with consciousness with things that he might want to hear. Mm-hmm. And that leads to his own downfall, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the portraits of Voldemort and Harry wouldn't have the memories of Voldemort and Harry. No. Yeah, okay. All right, new scenario. Harry Potter, age 100, gets a portrait of himself painted and then mm-hmm. spends the years bringing it to life. I don't know why, he just did. Then he <laughs> sure. dies. Then the yeah. new Dark Lord rises and the new Dark Lord kidnaps Harry's portrait off the wall of, I don't know, the Ministry of Magic. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know, somewhere else. And is like, okay, here we are, you and me. Tell me how to be a better Dark Lord than Voldemort. I imagine Harry leaves the portrait. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Yes, correct. Hmm. If it's it's such a case where he can go to another portrait of himself, he would. If he doesn't have that option, he would go to another portrait in the house. I'm imagining Dark Lord threatens to slash all the portraits in the house. Harry's like, do it. I don't care. Mm. (laughs) If you don't give me the answers I need, I'll burn down an orphanage. (laughs) Okay, all right. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're cooking with sauce. Let's get real. Like, through threats and coercion, he's like, he forces Harry into a position where basically he has no option to run and he has to cooperate with this person or whatever. Can this evil Dark Lord now grill painting Harry for, like, the story of everything that went wrong and use it to make himself a better Dark Lord? Is that something that's possible? It's certainly possible. It's difficult. Like, this is not an easy process. It's difficult. Like, I don't think... I don't think it's going to be easy, and I don't think... I think Harry would try and yeah. trick him at every And lie. But I think it's, like... If you're talking about, is it possible, like, could it happen based on, like, how the portraits work? Yes, that is possible. Okay, good. All right. I just want to establish <laughs> that it's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Do you have any more questions about portraits and how they work? I no, I didn't expect us to go down this rabbit hole. Really? Um, I knew this is where we're going. <laughs> I guess I, I just wrote down like everything I could learn about how the portraits work, which is that like you know some of them are duty bound, the way that they can move. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got one thing that we haven't addressed. They pretend to be sleeping. There was that guy that's like put that light out. It's hurting my eyes. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> is it hurting your eyes? I would say no. Like, I think he's just a grumpy man, so his portrait says grumpy things. I don't think he's alive. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine then. Yeah. They fear death because their portraits Yes, this can is what I want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> over the Christmas break, mm-hmm. we went home with our family. Mm-hmm. And I think on New Year's Eve, sat up as a family and played a game of <laughs> celebrity, celebrity heads. heads. Yeah. And during that conversation, something that kept happening is a person would have some sort of fictional character down on their head. And in trying to guess that, they would be like, am I alive? Yeah. And then we as a family would get into a heated debate over whether a fictional character can be alive or dead. Yeah. And like whether Barbie is alive. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was things like Homer Simpson. Like, yes, in the show The Simpsons, Homer Simpson is alive. (laughs) But in our real world, he is not alive (laughs) because he is not real. (laughs) And what I kept saying is if something can die, then it's alive. Homer Simpson can die in the context of The Simpsons. <laughs> Much like how Maud Flanders died in the context of The Simpsons. Spoilers for The Simpsons if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Therefore, Homer is alive. Whereas right. I'm of the opinion that he is not alive. <laughs> <laughs> because he is Because fictional. he's not alive. Yes, yes. 
Okay. So the portraits, unlike ghosts, are afraid of dying because ghosts can't die. But a portrait can be slashed apart like the fat lady was or burned, I guess. So they are afraid of being destroyed. First of all, that's that's like a point towards their consciousness and fear of death. Mortality. Mortality is a huge part of being alive. Sure. Do you think the portraits can die? Yes. I think if you hunted, like, say we have our example of... Hunted them for sport. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have our example of Merlin, okay? You've got a Merlin portrait, and it's inside a building, and Merlin tries to run and run as fast as he can, but (laughs) the the frames themselves simply cannot be... Simply cannot move off the walls themselves. So Merlin's running from portrait to portrait. You're destroying every portrait. Then Merlin goes to another portrait of him in fucking... Russia. So you go to Russia and you do the same thing again. You go through every portrait in that building and you do it. You just get rid of it. I think if you do that, you can eliminate a portrait subject. You can eliminate the, the portrait. Yeah. Okay. Right. So if something can die, is it alive? You say no. No, no. I think that's death like <laughs> okay all right you say and, like, can't die, in though. terms of like if i was living in the harry potter world the portraits aren't fictional characters okay yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right, right. I mean. got it okay <laughs> so that's death then yeah, yeah it dies mm-hmm. okay is there i guess a meaningful difference between dying and being destroyed so if i take merlin's painting and let's say it's the only one left because i've hunted or destroyed all the other copies mm-hmm and I just run it through a shredder and I'm completely destroying that portrait. <laughs> sure. Am I destroying the portrait of Merlin or am I killing the portrait of Merlin? You're destroying it because another artist around the world could paint Merlin again. Right. And <laughs> bring him, him back. back to consciousness. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So they can't die. <laughs> they can die, but they can be resurrected <laughs> like Jesus or Neo. Yeah, well, I mean, you can die, but why would you be resurrected, you know? Like, <laughs> just, All right. Maybe you're not special enough to be resurrected, Rhea. Okay. <laughs> Don't have to be rude. He's saying that, like, real people can also be resurrected. <laughs> no, I'm just using this as an example. All right. All right. That's, fuck, that's so interesting. So they can die. So it's their right to fear death. Yeah. <laughs> but they can also be brought back. Yeah. So they can also kind of live forever in a way. Yeah. Just, like the doctor, they can regenerate. But they're at the whim of the people who view them and the people who... Yeah, so it is hell. Them. It is hell, yeah. It's it's All social right. capital. <laughs> yeah. They are very much, like, trapped. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Another little point that I have <laughs> is Walburga Black. Sirius Black's mother who just screams and screams and screams yeah. because there's Racist lady. people in her house, yeah, yeah, yeah. non-racists in her house, which she hates. Yeah. Once again, we're like, that's fine because she's a racist, so it's fine for her to be tortured forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine that she's trapped in a hell that she can't escape. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So a fan fiction that I have seen is basically like, you know, Sirius dies, Harry inherits the house, and now he has to deal with this portrait. Mm-hmm. And someone i think maybe it's draco malfoy that makes sense because it's probably i was reading dry fan fiction is like here's a solution to this while she's asleep first of all go and get some muggle paint while she's asleep you paint a border around the painting so she can't leave and then you just paint over the top of her and that will kill her (laughs) i don't think so i just want to be like that's fucked that's fucked first of all (laughs) but also i don't think that would work (laughs) 
Okay, why? Show you're working. Because if you're doing a magical painting, right, you've got to do these enchantments on it. So you can't just uh-huh. paint something on top of a portrait and then just leave it there. It has to be maybe enchanted into the portrait or either included there from the start. I don't think you can just... Well, I think it was more like putting a <laughs> lid over the painting hole. To use your terminology. <laughs> So she can't get out with her terrible screaming voice. Just fucking rip up the painting. like. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, the idea was because it's, it's... made of canvas. Because it's magically stuck to the wall. I think they're like, we can't get rid of it and we can't destroy it without destroying the wall. Just tear yeah, it up. Just take down the wall. Just dude. get a knife. Like, get a knife and slash up the painting. Here's the answer. Blast a hole in the wall. <laughs> Repero the wall. There you go. Done. <laughs> Unless the entire yeah. house is like structurally based on this one wall it will probably survive without the wall for 30 seconds <laughs> uh i wouldn't take that down if i were you <laughs> it's a fucking it's a load-bearing poster load-bearing poster <laughs> oh my god literally she's a load-bearing poster great <laughs> oh god mm. yeah no i don't think painting something into an existing portrait would work unless you like do an, an enchantment that matches the enchantment. But even then, I think it's like, you'd have to have the same... I think the artist would have to do it. So the original okay. artist that painted the portrait, because they had the depiction in mind of the subject, and they did the enchantment. And I think magic is linked... You know, we've talked about magic being emotion. I think they had the right emotional state at the time. So okay. they would... The, the, the person who painted the portrait would have to paint something else in there for the subject, whether it be a, a gate that keeps them locked in, or a fucking maze or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> They can bash their brains in with it. Cool. Yeah. 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 So, all right. <laughs> okay. So you can't use muggle paint to kill a painting. That's fine. I'm not overly sure. invested in that. Let's say I'm the original painter. It doesn't have to be the black portrait, just a portrait of someone. Sure. And they're like, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> okay. So the fat lady goes to visit her friend Violet and they get drunk off the wine alcohol. Yeah. They consume the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Is it gone? It was never there, Ria. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when you're looking at the alcohol in the portrait, there is no spoon. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're looking at the alcohol in the portrait, right? You see a goblet. Maybe you see like a top bit of wine. There's, mm-hmm. it, there's nothing else. <laughs> that's what the, that's what they're drinking. Yeah, but the way right. that they're acting is how the artist would have depicted the fat lady being drunk or Violet being drunk. Yeah, that's, you're right. That's fine. They can't. Okay, so she picks up a <laughs> painted apple from the painted bowl of fruit next to her and she takes a bite out of it. Yeah. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> that's just what we're seeing, but it's, it's not. just what we're seeing. She's not eating anything. It's She's not feeling anything. It's not physical yeah, sensation. It, yeah. Okay, it can't be destroyed. Fair enough. Okay. Um, this is disappointing. <laughs> Because one of the questions that we had, we had a list of questions to answer during this episode, was yeah. like, first of all, can I paint items into the portrait for them to use? So yeah. could I paint like a knife into the portrait and then she could, I don't know, stab herself or whatever? <laughs> no. 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 Damn, that's disappointing. Not unless you're the original artist. Not unless you're Let's the say I am the original say. artist of the Fat Lady portrait. And she's like, I really want a... Cool hat. Cool hat. I was struggling yeah. to think of anything she could possibly <laughs> want because what is the life of a portrait? What do they want? I really want a cool hat. Can I paint a cool hat into the picture for her? Yeah. 
I suppose you could. You'd probably have to, if the subject was still alive, maybe, you'd have to, like, get them to wear a cool hat, and so you could see how they act wearing a cool hat. If the subject wasn't alive, I think you'd probably just have to use your mind palace, use your memories, and be like, okay, Imagine. this is how I think This is how I think that they would act if they wore this cool hat. Yeah, this is how and I think that, that that lady would have been with yeah. a cool hat. Also, you imbue that into the enchantment. It's fucked yeah. that her name is the fat lady, because that implies that she's not a real person. Like, because nobody's named the fat lady. What about Fat Amy? <laughs> fat Patricia, I think you mean. <laughs> I think, you know, why not? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here's another question. Is the fat lady based on a real person? I assumed maybe. Or is she an original creation? I assume she was a Gryffindor. If she's, like, guarding Gryffindor Tower, maybe, like, the subject of the painting is like, oh, yeah, you know, like... I've always had an attachment to my times at Gryffindor Tower. I'm fine to have my portrait be the person guarding the door and I'll imbue it with that personality. And then she died. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see why not. Yeah, but like, okay, here's my question. Why is she then not known as Jane Smith? Yeah. Like her real name, not the fat lady. Because she was... Are we just mean? No, well... <laughs> it's just a cruel name. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she, maybe she's like, I'm redefining what fat means to her. Like, you know, maybe yeah. that was part of why she's a Gryffindor. She's bravely redefining a cruel name and... And no okay. going with it. That's that's just her nickname, yeah. I guess. She loves being. She loves being that. called. Okay. Maybe like that was. We don't know anything about her if she was a real person. Like we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So is it possible to paint someone who isn't real? Can I paint? I don't know. Blorbo from my shows, and then he comes to life, and I imbue him with a personality, someone's personality, because it's not his. He's not a real person. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I wouldn't say why not. Okay. Cool. So you can create life then. Yeah. <laughs> great all right good good to know good to know interesting hmm i create life <laughs> yeah i guess that's the frankenstein or edward scissorhands question again yeah 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 we've already established this okay so do you want to end on like the prime the, the main question the real thing that we wanted to ask yeah, yeah yeah which should have been the title of this episode by the way which is could i paint a massive dildo into headmaster snape's portrait so he can go fuck himself Yes, you could, if you were the original artist. Uh-huh. Would the portrait go fuck himself? Probably Maybe not. If, probably not, um, but it would depend on the artist's depiction of him in the first place. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. That's, that's who, the answer to the question. <laughs> who painted the Snape portrait? I don't know. He must have gotten somebody in, because we know it exists. Mm. Like, it's not in the series, but JK's confirmed it. There is a portrait of Snape, but Harry never goes and speaks to it. That's mm-hmm. great. Good choice. Never speak to the guy, but do name your son after him. I love Harry's decision making. We also know that it's a very shallow interpretation because Snape didn't have much time to educate yeah. his own portrait. Um, so it's not necessarily like... Alive. Yeah. It, Which, I, I imagine it wouldn't be alive in the same way the other headmasters are. Yeah, I think he didn't have the time. Like he had it for maybe about a year. It would have been less yeah. than a year. But even and he then, was busy. He was busy. He had other stuff going <laughs> yeah. on. So... That means that all of the other headmasters who are alive are stuck in a room with someone who is not alive. Mm-hmm. How many of the headmasters are not alive? Surely some of them. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure there's like, it's like the president thing, right? The US president thing where like, there's maybe like a headmaster that was like in office for three days before dying of dragon pox or something. <laughs> yeah, there's some headmaster who's, not headmaster, there's some president of the United States who only served like a month or something. And never shot. Sick yeah. and died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, don't ask me to know them. I don't know the American presidents. I just know no. that that's a like fun fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. <laughs> cool. So we we could paint a dildo into Snape's portrait, but he probably wouldn't go fuck himself because that's no, out of no, character no. for Snape, and he didn't have the time to teach it that sometimes you can do things just because you want to. Because <laughs> he's not alive enough. Yeah, and I'm also assuming that the artist that depicted Snape wouldn't have depicted him with the desire to go fuck himself if he found a giant dildo. <laughs> but it's possible that you could. It's possible if it was one of us. If it was yeah. gem artist and Rhea painter that were in that yeah. scene painting Snape. Yeah. So we're like, I want to paint a version of Snape that wants to go fuck himself with this dildo. And then I paint that painting. Mm -hmm. And then I spend years convincing him that that's what he really wants to do. And I bring him to life and then he goes and does it. Yep, you could do it. Perfect. You can do anything <laughs> you set your mind to, listeners. That was the answer I wanted. Great. You can chalk zone your fucking portrait to do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I love that I can imbue something with consciousness and simultaneously brainwash it. Because is not imbuing something with consciousness a form of brainwashing? Mm -hmm. Yes, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, because that means if I have a kid, I then brainwash them into being an adult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why people have to unlearn shit, Rio. We've seen yeah. it. <laughs> We've done it. We've been there. Yeah. You get taught shit and you got to unlearn it. Yeah. But okay, that also means that I paint a Snape who wants to fuck himself. I convince him he wants to fuck himself. And then once he's thinking and feeling for himself, he can make the decision to be like, no, I don't want to go fuck myself. <laughs> That's true. I have to uh, I have to unlearn the toxic things that were viewed <laughs> in me by Rhea and Jeff. In a way, that's kind of what our listeners will have to do once the show ends. <laughs> they'll stop being exposed to our teachings and they'll have to unlearn the weird shit we said. Or continue to keep the faith. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, that's great. <laughs> good we that, did it we figured well it out done. we can cross that one off the list <laughs> i oh, hope wow. that was good <laughs> i've been gem and during my research i found out that there's a portrait of rowena ravenclaw but she doesn't speak so that makes me think because rowena ravenclaw was like this powerful witch right like she had a big powerful energy that makes me think that it's not that like you know that she can't speak like she's not powerful enough for a portrait to speak it just makes me think that the artist depicted her being unable to speak because Rowena Ravenclaw was too important to say anything to the artist while they were painting her <laughs> she was she didn't even have to say anything <laughs> she just had the, the power of presence that the portrait painter knew that they had to paint her and they didn't have the honor to hear anything that she said thanks <laughs> I've been Rhea and here's something that I read off the HP wiki but didn't address. Magenta Comstock was an experimental painter whose subject's eyes followed their viewers home. I assume literally home to their actual homes where they lived, which is a fucked thing. <laughs> and I hate it. Goodbye, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.